It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, guys, this is the second time we're recording this because I accidentally gave out Aoife's personal email in the original uh, the original recording. Um, but hello. Happy New Year's Eve, Eve. It is your always professional <laughs> host, Louise Makshari, here with Aoife Moore, the political correspondent with the Sunday Times Ireland, who obviously you know and love from this podcast every week. Um, I wanted to make sure that you guys had an episode this week because I know that sometimes the times that you need your podcast pals the most are when you've been spending a lot of time with your family. Yes. <laughs> and I know how much I love when I see my reliable podcast pop up in that period. Um, so I wanted to give you something, but obviously I didn't want to make my lovely contributors um, um, work this week, basically. And also I don't think there'll be a lot of news to, for us to talk about. So myself yeah. and Aoife thought we would do a bit of an extended chat about some of the big stories of the year, both uh, news stories and kind of pop culture stories. And we have selected five to chat about. Um, and I hope you will enjoy. We'll be, uh, it'll be, I don't know, we'll talk for about a 45 minutes, I yeah. think. So you'll get a good chunk, good bit of distraction from whoever it is in your life that's really fucking annoying you. I feel like I already know who that's going to be for me, but, um, you know, we'll see how it all unfolds. Aoife, how are you feeling about the festive period? I'm good. I really just can't wait to get to my mommy's and put on pajamas and sleep. Yeah. Um, and then drink pints and patters. See, that's what I want to do too, but that's yeah. not going to be an option for me. Well, like you, you chose to have kids. Please. I know, <laughs> but I didn't know Aoife. <laughs> I didn't know. Everybody says that. Like you people, knew, you knew people who don't one? have kids love to be like, well, you, you, you decided <laughs> to have kids. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't What's know. What's worse is I'm going to have kids eventually. And then I can't say I didn't know. And you know what I'll be doing? I'll be going, well, <laughs> yeah, you chose to have kids. I'll be at the other end. Because your kids will be teenagers. Yeah. Time. And I'll be like, well, Aoife, <laughs> you chose. And you can't say you didn't know because you knew me. It's and like, all I do is complain. It's like the running joke we have with our friends when we're like, well, you chose to be gay. Yeah. So. <laughs> In fairness, it's not actually my kids, I, I think. I, no. I mean, I do. I would. I was saying like the two things that I would love to have over Christmas that you don't really get to have at this stage of parenting when you have kids is a day on the couch, you know, just lying on the couch, watching napping, Christmas watching Christmas films, box of quality street or whatever you're having yourself beside you, maybe now turkey sandwich. Like mm. I miss that because that's mm. just not really an Chilling. option. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, that's not that far off. I don't think. Because no, I don't think so. Sam is getting a Nintendo Switch this year. 
much debated in our house as to whether or not that was the right course of action, but he is getting one. Mm. So he will, I think, probably just want to be on that all day. So when Ted gets to that stage, when we can just shove screens at them and ignore them for the day, you know, Mm. it's going to come. Yeah. And that's called parenting. We're very much at that stage. Like I'm 31 and my brother's 28. Yes, you are. You are at that stage. There's a lot of napping and eating quality street with each other. Just asking, and also, I don't want to rub it on new people, but my dad's a barman and he's installed a draft in our house. A Guinness gag? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's Heineken, I think. Oh. Because my dad takes Guinness very seriously and you can't just rock up with a Guinness oh, draft. Okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Heineken. I um, love so it. So we have like pints. Yeah. I am planning, uh, at one stage I looked at the schedule and I was like, hang on a second, where's the Louise time in here? There's no Louise time. There needs to be something for me in this Mm. period. So I've invited a few friends over for, I've got a lot of excess booze because I don't really drink at home. You do also have a lot of booze in your house. It's like nuts. Um, So I was like, we should have a a little cocktail evening. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I have that. That's going to keep me going. And um, hopefully you, by the time you're listening to this, the festive Christmas period, you hopefully have escaped any family that you you don't want to be with or you're still cozying up with family you do want to be with and one way or the other we're going to try and distract you as I said over the course of the next while we'll see how we get on um okay so let's go back to the very start of the year and we are going to start in darkness but don't worry there will be light as we go through this um but I really felt like it was important to acknowledge the fact that the death of Ashling Murphy happened this year only yeah yeah the 12th of January 2022 it's still devastating to even think about yeah so just we'll just do like a recap so Ashley Murphy was killed while she was like jogging it was actually her New Year's resolution um, to start running. She was a 23-year-old Irish primary school teacher. She um, was really big and really well-known within like traditional music circles. Mm. Um, she played at the FLA, all of this. So she was killed while she was out running. And it her death instigated this like wave of righteous anger from women mm-hmm. across Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> it's probably like an amalgamation of like the last few years and the referendum and women really like finding their voice as well. Mm-hmm. But there was, I was on Liveline, like Liveline phoned me and said, will you come on? And like, I talked about how like when I got mugged and um, loads of women um, in the public eye and not in the public eye come out and shared their stories of sexual assault or assault yeah. or anything else you know at the time me martin said the shook said that there was no place in irish society for violence and especially violence against women and most of the women in ireland said yes there is because we have allowed it for too long yeah um helen mcintyre said that she wouldn't let this be in vain um and she do to her credit um unveiled a new plan uh, to tackle domestic violence and gender-based violence against women in Ireland and um, millions and millions of euro have been put in um, to refugees a big thing mm. um, that was noted at the time was awfully where Ashley Murphy was from didn't have a domestic violence shelter when Ashley Murphy was killed and I know the two things are different but it does reflect mm. the attitude so I believe at the time Ashley Murphy was killed there was 12 counties mm. that didn't have a domestic violence refuge mm. um, and there was be- a big big drive on that to change we saw vigils you know across ireland edinburgh london new york toronto vancouver um i was on claire Byrne. they did a prime time on it um it was non-stop mm. um and i do think <clears throat> it definitely sparked this government and they act and maybe a bit quicker than they would have 
previously. No, I do think Helen McEntee, she said from the outset when she became the Justice Minister, this would be her yeah. legacy. But I think Ashley Murphy dying um, definitely gave them a kick up the arse. Yeah. And and it's great to see action. And, you know, this year we also saw developments in terms of the education system and in CSP and uh, the way gender is going to be taught and consent and all that kind of stuff. And that's all really positive. I still have concerns about kind of culturally where we are. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I don't know what, I've been working in media for 20 years in 2023, which is crazy um I'm I was I was only 14 though when I started um <laughs> no but I have been covering and writing about and talking about uh, you know violence against women and mm -hmm. sexual harassment and you know basically women's safety for de it's decades mm -hmm. now um and it's hard for me personally not to feel a bit jaded when this conversation comes around you know mm -hmm. um and I actually wrote a column, um, I think it was in November, uh, for my Irish Independent Opinion column about the fact that, you know, we hadn't had a big incident in a while. Mm. And what usually happens is every few years, there's a massive incident, yeah. something terrible happens, and we all talk about it loads. Mm -hmm. Or something happens in another country like Sarah Everard dying yeah. in London. Or, you know, the Yes All Women online campaign that was started. Mm -hmm. Or the, you know, Me Too campaign. Like, yeah. something like that happens. And we all kind of queue up online and, and wheel out our personal stories yeah. of being assaulted and harassed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have written about and I have felt quite fed up of mm. that um, and and what I wrote about a few weeks ago was that you know there hasn't been an incident like that in a while so we haven't really all been doing that in a while but the reality for women is we still live in fear every day yeah and 252 women have died since 1996 and 20 children died alongside them when I went on Claire Byrne I told my story, split myself open like I do, like I did when Sarah Everard died and then when Ashley mm -hmm. Murphy died. And I went on and I said, I've been attacked twice and I got mugged walking home. And the most jarring thing for me is that when I was on the radio, a girl was on before me and it dawned on me. I had already heard her story before because she was brought on to tell it when Sarah Everard died. Yeah. Then when I went on Claire Byrne, I was really pissed off it was like me talia heffernan there was loads of like a public woman i don't know telling these like awful stories as if you know our stories are more important because yeah. by, by the very nature of us being a public person and i said ashley murphy is not going to be the last one no. this is going to happen again and i am sick to death of going on the radio and going on the TV and telling everyone my sob story about how I got mugged walking home from the pub when it is the men who should be listening. All my friends have been assaulted or sexually assaulted in some way. Absolutely. And none of my male friends have. And I am fed up screaming under the void to, for men to say, Jesus, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Because it's not women that need to know. Yeah. And the thing that bothers me the most is when I went on the TV, and you'll know this as well, mm -hmm. or when you go on the radio and you talk about violence against women, there are these fucking idiots who reply to you, men and women, mm. who say, it's not all men. Like, do you think all men mm. are rapists? And like, do you think all men would mug you on the walk home? And mm. Eva Murr doesn't know any good men. And you're like... 
That is a reaction based in fear. Yeah. Because you're so afraid of what I'm saying that you have to say, well, it's not all men. It's not all. It can't be all men. You can't all be assaulted Mm. because the truth is so much more frightening for those people. Yeah. Channel 4 actually did a documentary. Just um, It aired on the 12th of December, so you can still get it on um, channel4.com or all four, whatever it's called these days. I think it's just gone back to Channel 4. Um, but basically, this this reporter, Ellie Flynn, went undercover and oh pretended God, to be that. drunk. <gasps> yeah, so She went out on a night out, pretended to be drunk to see what would happen, and she was followed home. He followed her into a hotel room. Into a hotel room, and her producer was in the hotel room, so she was safe. And then the producer came out, and then she immediately said, "Why did you follow me?" You know, and was very clearly not drunk. And he was like, "Oh, you wanted me to." And she was like, "No, I didn't. I never gave you any indication that I wanted you to." And it was really horrible and scary, and she was really shook. But like, it was also very familiar, I think, to lots Mm -hmm. of us. But what I thought was interesting was that there were clips of that program that were put on TikTok, and there were lots of men in the comments saying, "Oh my god." That's really scary. Yeah. Men who had to, it's almost like they had to see, see it, it to believe. And then there were men saying, I can understand now why women are afraid of all mm. men because mm-hmm. I've seen how terrible yeah. it is. Because men aren't experiencing it, Yeah, they don't know. And I can, I understand that there's a bit of a gap there, but yeah. it's just frustrating that they can't. Listen to women when women are telling yeah, them. Yeah, and not all of them. And it is true, not all of them, but of that some of them can't seem to just believe us. Yeah, and it also, it reminds me of when Blind Boy had Killian Murphy on um, and they talked about repeal and then loads of men came out and said, yeah, 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 I've got to, I've got to vote for <laughs> repeal now. And the woman, quite rightly, lost their minds because they were like, is it not enough that we are telling you that we need this, but you need some idiot who was on Peaky Blinders to tell you that abortion is actually healthcare? So I, I actually thought Peaky Blinders was all right. I have not against Killian Murphy. But my point is... <laughs> yeah. That men need other men to tell them yeah. things that women are telling them. Yeah. And that in itself is how things like Ashley Murphy happen. Mm. Because women do not matter as much as men to men. Yeah. That's what it is. And I guess like if you are a man, a straight man listening, first of all, wow. Well done. Um thank you. <laughs> Thanks, so, Keenan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just my brother. <laughs> so to all three of you. Um, if you could please not just amplify women's voices but unfortunately we actually need you to use your own mm-hmm. if you could use your own voice and say you know acknowledge that this is not fair that it's not right that we have to live our lives scared that we have to pay for exorbitant taxis some women are entirely skipping nights out at the moment because mm-hmm. they can't get a taxi home yeah. and they don't feel safe like why do we have to live in fear every day of our lives mm-hmm. and, and some of you won't listen to us yeah, like, I mean, I was telling one of my friends the other night, I can't, we were talking about taxis, and I said, yeah, if I'm in a taxi, I sit directly behind the taxi man and I don't wear a seatbelt. And he was like, that's really dangerous. And I was like, yeah, I'll hold the seatbelt on me, which does nothing for safety, but it's so that if the taxi man tries to attack me, I can get out of the taxi yeah. quicker because I know someone when I was living in Glasgow, who was attacked by a taxi man. Yeah. And it scared the loving shit out of me. And it's not all taxi drivers. It's not all taxi drivers. how do you know which ones it is? How do you know which man it is? You don't. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Okay. Uh, let's move on to something much less serious. Um, and that is Will Smith. I'm sorry. I still find this so funny. <laughs> it's it's still so what? I still can't believe it happened. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2. Can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> 
was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? Like, still, I feel like that's not real. Can I just say, can I just say, it is the most American thing in the world that a country who has accepted mass shootings of small children lost their fucking minds <sighs> because Will Smith of Hitch slapped <laughs> Chris Rock in the face. I am not in any way advocating violence. No. But my God, that country picks and chooses what it's going to be offended you about. so right. I have seen much worse in bars and dairy and the person wasn't even thrown out. So <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not so much. I do think Chris Rock deserved it. I think he thought he could get away with making fun of a black woman who has a medical condition. First of all, what are you doing? Yeah. Will Smith. I do think has issues. I think he might be insecure in his relationship and that's why he slapped Chris Rock because yeah. he wanted to be seen as being her protective husband and we know they've had marital issues before. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But the aftermath mm. and the reaction, Americans are cooked. <laughs> it's crazy. Do you remember that tweet when the, some doctor was like, if, if Chris Rock was a geriatric person, he would be dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Like, he's fine. I mean, I think, I think there's a few different things going on. I mean, first of all, no, it's not okay to ever hit someone, no. obviously. That goes without saying. Um, and it's extra not cool to do it in front in of public. loads of people. <laughs> on And then, obviously, on international screens all around the world. Like, that's... The humiliation factor is also yeah, not course. cool. But also Jada was also humiliated publicly. Yeah, well, this is the thing. And I mean, I guess, like, you know, it, it raises a question about that kind of comedy, you know? And, like, I guess it's kind of that whole thing of, like, punching up and pu versus punching down. That, yeah. like, you know, w if you're making fun of someone, it should be someone kind of... Higher than you. Yeah. Well, not higher, but you know what I mean? Yeah, in a more position of more power, power or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, rather than, you know... As you said, Jada Pinkett Smith had spoken publicly about the fact that she had a medical condition. And I think what was frustrating Do you think me, if Meryl Streep had alopecia, he'd have made fun of Meryl Streep? No. Exactly. Yeah. But maybe he felt, maybe he felt, because he's black, and obviously we're not black, so, you know, take this conversation with a pinch of salt. Mm. But maybe he felt kind of a sense of famili familiarity or like, yeah. you know, community or kinship or something that made him feel comfortable making a joke mm -hmm. like that. But what I don't understand is like, Chris Rock made a documentary about black women and their hair and the whole culture around hair. I didn't even know that and that makes it worse. Yeah. Um, I think for me, as you said, like, we're not black. So I can only, and in this instance, the only people I wanted to hear from we're black woman. Yeah. Like, what do you think yeah. of this? And like, a lot of black women said, 
there is obviously an issue. There's an issue with all men, not black men. All men with toxic masculinity and this need to be seen to be the hard man and protect your woman. And that's also based on a lot of sexism as well. But a lot of black women wrote very publicly about the fact that they were so annoyed at Chris Rock because he made fun of Jada Pinkett Smith as a black woman on a public stage and he knew he would get away with it. Yeah. And that's what bothered them. Yeah. Well, it's been really interesting to watch the kind of fallout. Um, you know, Will I Smith. I can't believe people care. I know. I can't either. But uh, but they do. And so Will Smith has had to spend the year kind of walking around with the tail between his yeah. legs. So he, he, you know, apologized. He said he's working on himself. He wrote an apology the day after the Oscars. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has otherwise been a gorgeous journey for all of us. Well, that was the other factor was that the reason Will Smith was at the Oscars was because he was nominated for That's the right. film about Venus and Serena Williams yes. and their dad. And like, so that was a bit shit as well. People were like, you know, you're kind of taking the shine off their night. But anyway, um, what has otherwise been a gorgeous journey for all of us, I am a work in progress. And he made a video apology as well, which was like the most serious thing in the history. I know. I He's put out a statement, I think it was like two weeks ago. And it was like, you know, I understand if people aren't ready yeah. to watch my new film. I was like, babe, I completely it's just do you know what it is it's the full outrage for me i really think that most americans um have accepted and normalized a serious amount of violence in their lives and i find it very hard to believe that one man slapping another man with an open hand yeah you're literally sending your kindergarten to school with a bulletproof back exactly are are so offended yeah and it's not and i also think a lot of this is like deeply seated in the racism in America as well of yeah. like, oh, this is so terrible. These two black men who fighting yeah. on the stage. There was a lot of that as well, yeah. like bread on date. And I don't buy it. I don't buy that people are actually offended. I don't buy that people are actually outraged. Mm. I feel like if that is what bothers you and not the serious amounts of violent deaths of gun violence and domestic violence in America, Mm. then your priorities are completely wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, Will Smith has been back doing promotion for his new film, Emancipation, and he spoke with Trevor Noah recently and said... Obviously, he's had to talk about this night over and over again in doing the promo. And he said that was a horrific night, as you can imagine. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> there's, for him, it was, in fairness. There's many nuances and complexities to it. But at the end of the day, I just, I lost it. It was that little boy that watched his father beat up his mother. All of that just bubbled up in that moment. Yeah, see, that's sad too. It is sad. Toxic masculinity is the issue here. Toxic yeah, masculinity. Yeah, exactly. Calls Chris Rock to slag Make the off joke. Jada Pickett-Smith. Yeah. Cause the slap. Yeah. It's yeah. the, like every everyone just needs therapy. Just, yeah, I totally couldn't agree more. Um, okay, let's move on to a story that you broke this year. A big story for even more, a big story for the country. And it is the tale of Robert Troy and his, how many? Nine? Nine Eleven. properties? Eleven properties? Mm-hmm. He's not sure. Robert Troy, uh, poises to Robert Troy is uh, children to Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> just can't remember. Just can't, just can't keep. Once you have a fr- the first couple, it's just hard to get a, uh, get a beat on it. So, <clears throat> as the person who broke the story, tell us the story for So, I didn't break that. The initial story was that Robert Troy had not declared a number of properties or a property on mm-hmm. his register for Octus interest. Mm-hmm. I then broke the story that he had a number of rental properties that weren't ah. registered with a rental tenancies board. I see. So, that's actually an offence um, not to register with the RTUB. So... 
I've talked looked at this before because I've talked about it um, at other voices, but it was 14 days from the initial statement to resigning. The Robert Troy controversy was the most perfect encapsulation of how Irish people absolutely will not stomach the drip, drip, drip feed of information. Come out in the first instance yeah. and tell the truth. And we'll forgive and, you. And it won't be as bad. Yeah. Dara Kaliri, look at Dara Kaliri, resigned after Golfgate, is a junior minister again. Yeah. This is what this is how it works. Yeah, take your medicine. Exactly. Yeah. In dairy, we say take your oil. So oh. take your oil. What, what kind of oil? It's, it's just, it's just, oil? Yeah, I've never heard of take your medicine. We just say take your oil. Oh, interesting. Anyway, TYO. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Robert Troy, um, it came eventually, by the end of it, we found that he had 11 properties, nine of which were rented out. He had bought a house in Westmeath, sold it back to the county council for double its price and didn't register this on his Oireachtas interest. It then later came out that Robert Troy had used his doll speaking time to advocate for raising um, the rent in council properties and advocate for the rights of landlords. Mm. People were very, very annoyed. And this mm-hmm. is obviously against the backdrop of a severe housing emergency mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be getting any better. And Robert Troy's apology might be the best example. I think it'll be studied in political communications classes as not the way to apologize. Mm. It was hilarious. He said at one point, I will not apologize for for owning a property. He said, the demonization of landlords is not what's going to help this country's housing crisis. I know. It was, it was a masterclass in not getting the point. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think in the context of... It's funny because if this had happened during the Celtic Tiger, it oh, wouldn't, wouldn't even com- notice. No, it wouldn't even have been a thing. But because we are, so many people are struggling to get a home of any kind, the idea of someone owning 11 and like, you know, he called Not it- someone. An, Not someone, a TD. A TD, exactly. It was an error in interpretation, apparently, in terms of him not registering the things. And like, you know, he had spoken about it being, you know, he uh, when did he own his first property? It was 21. Like, yeah. And he, he had spoken about that being normal. Like, well, I had. He's like, I was working in the bank. Of course I had a house. He said like, as well that he wasn't a person of privilege. And I wrote a story that, you know, he is the youngest, I believe, of nine or ten children. And every single one of them attended boarding school. Yeah. And no matter if you went to the worst boarding school in the country... You are still a person of privilege if you're 10 of you going to boarding school. But also, if you manage to buy a house at 21, you're a person of privilege. Of course. If you manage to buy a house at any age, you're a person of privilege. Yeah, like no matter what, like no matter where that came from. Like fine, if he's saying, I don't come from rich parents, like, you know, that's fine. But like, you're still very lucky. Yes. You were still in a position to get a job which facilitated you buying a house at 21 and then to continue to acquire properties over Mm -hmm. the following years. Um, Because, you know, like... I'm. I don't own any houses. I don't own any houses, <laughs> and I am a. I would consider myself a person of privilege. So but like you know, things are tricky out there, Robert. Yeah, it I, just felt very tone deaf and disconnected. And for someone who's supposed to be representing people, he was also a junior minister. Yeah, it was just a junior minister in the Department of Finance of all things. Not a good look. But um, yeah, I think it was. And like we've been kind of starved of political scandals this year, and I think it's probably because the Ukraine crisis has kind of taken over everything else. Yeah, but I think. 
it was the perfect encapsulation. Like Golfgate was actually at the time. Yeah. Golfgate was at a time where people were really pissed off and there was this feeling that it was one rule for them and a different rule for us. And the same thing happened with Robert Joy. We were in the middle of a housing crisis. Students are deferring uni because they've nowhere to live. People are living on sofas. There's 4,000 homeless children. Mm -hmm. And then the junior minister in the Department of Finance can't remember how many houses he owns. Yeah. It's not good. Maybe you'll have a better year in 2023, Robert. I'd like to think you learned something from this. Oh, I don't. Gordon, going off that statement, I don't think he has. No, I don't think so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Um, okay, let's move on. You were only desperate to talk about one person and one person alone today. And that person is Pete Davidson. I have thoughts. Well, I mean, first of all, let's review. Pete Davidson obviously was on Saturday Night Live for years, has been in films. I first came to know him because his story is really interesting. So his dad was a firefighter in New York. He died in Mm -hmm. 9-11. And Pete was obviously just a kid then. Mm -hmm. And he kind of threw that kind of ended up making connections like through his kind of you know the fact that he he was this tough little kid who'd yeah. been through a lot he's from Staten Island yeah he ended mm. up making connections with like Lauren Michaels who mm. um runs Saturday Night, Night Live and you know he then you know was quite successful and he was dating lots of nice people and well Ariana Grande put him on the map yes so he was dating Cassie David, who was Larry David's daughter have you ever heard the story about when Pete Davidson broke up with her no so Laurie David, her father. So if anyone doesn't know Laurie David, also of SNL fame, wrote Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hilarious man. Yeah. Apparently, he, Pete Davidson, broke up with Cassie David and she was bereft. And she was like crying her eyes out, like couldn't stop crying. She'd been crying for days. <laughs> and Laurie David like couldn't take it anymore. He was like so annoying, like give over. And apparently at one point he was like holding on there, being like, Cassie, please, your grandparents survived the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, apparently she actually broke up with him. Yes. 
But then he, but then quickly was like, oh wait, no, I don't want to break up. But he'd already moved on Mm -hmm. to Ariana. And that was when everything changed. Yeah, I think I only came to know him because of him going out with Ariana Grande. Because I didn't watch Saturday Night Live. It's not really a thing here. So I seen a tweet, and this is why I wanted to talk about it, right? Because I seen a tweet that was like, men who constantly question how Pete Davidson gets these women are so close to realizing that it's their personality that's the problem. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I have never heard for how many women he has slept with and how many famous girlfriends he's had. I have never heard about Pete Davidson being a fuckboy. No. Never heard about bad behavior. Mm-mm. I've never heard about disrespect. He keeps like the relationships pretty private, even though they're public in photographs. Yeah. But the actual speaking about the relationship, speaking about women, the women don't tend to talk about it. I already say that he has big dick energy and he's a hilarious person. I think... The reason I wanted to talk about it is because men are so confused. Yeah. Because Pete Davidson... Because, yeah, let's hang on. Just before we do, I want to get there. But following Ariana Grande, we have Kate Beckinsale, Margaret Qualley, Kaya Gerber. So so Kate Beckinsale, we know, stunning British actress. Margaret Qualley is the daughter of Andy McDowell. She was in that Maid, Maid. that uh, Netflix show. Kaya Gerber, daughter of Cindy Crawford, international model. Phoebe Denever, who was in um, Bridgerton. And then Kim Kardashian. So, like, that is quite a string of beauties. Let's just say, I don't think Pete Dave... I don't think I am any longer in Pete Davidson's realm. (laughs) I never was. Never was. Like, maybe if Pete Davidson lived in Derry and we were both home for Christmas, I would have a chance. Yeah. But now he's, like, like, after those lost a woman I'm not on the yeah. I'm not on the list anymore so you can understand why men would be going huh that's interesting but they're not just doing that they are like despairing because the thing is too, Pete Davidson is not that conventionally attractive no, like when you no, look at not. the other men that those people have gone out with yeah or like so you look at like Kim Kardashian's exes or Kaya Gerber's exes like Pete Davidson is a very normal looking guy he always 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 looks stoned yeah he probably is he always looks stoned. He always looks like he just woke up. Yeah. He wears like clothes that my boyfriend wore when I was 15. Yeah. He wears like skater clothes. Yeah. He looks like a teenager. Yeah. I don't even know what age he is. Mid 30s. So. <laughs> Excuse me. So. <clears throat> he, but there is. There's something nice about him. Yeah. This is there's it. There's something hot about him. <clears throat> excuse me jesus he's not just nice he seems he's nice he's clearly funny hilarious he's clearly smart and from what he's spoken about like he's really struggled with mental illness Mm -hmm. but he's working on that and Mm -hmm. has worked on that like he's in therapy he's on his medication so like if you put confident funny smart and in therapy together you've got every woman's dream on there is nothing more attractive than a man like therapy (laughs) put that in any in any body and face and you're so gonna be happy it's become this like i don't know what the right word is it's become this talking he's, he's point. Only 29 this talking point um in modern life of you know how pete davidson gets all of these women and it is so so clear that men for the most part just don't understand it because men do just do not realize that it is their personality and how they treat women is the issue well also in fairness i think they um i mean isn't it i'm gonna i'm gonna say something here that is a a sweeping generalization and b may not be true so take it with a pinch of salt god God forbid i would research this kind of thing ahead of time um but isn't it kind of widely recognized that men are more visual than women yeah i think so so like you know in terms of attraction but also i have a theory that men 
if a man is looking for the ride, for most men, it doesn't really matter what the gear looks like. Mm. Whereas for women, I still think it does. We are going to get so much grief for this. But <laughs> that's my own personal theory. Yeah. But yeah, so I think <clears throat> the reason I find the Pete Davidson thing so funny is not that all these women want to go out with him. It's that man can't understand it. Yeah. And to me, it's so obvious. Like, he seems yeah. like a really nice guy. Sound and fun. Yeah. And like Kim Kardashian, who I know she's our the most problematic person, but she is. Well, she's not the most problematic well, no, person. No, but yeah. And calm down. But she is, <laughs> she is, I would say, probably the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, up there. Anyway. Yeah. And. Ariana Grande, like these like, these women who are not only supremely beautiful, but incredibly talented as well. And like, I remember reading a and thing. successful. And I think that's another thing. I remember thing. reading a thing once about when Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson lived together. And she was saying like, or Pete Davidson actually said this. He was like, yeah, she pays the rent or the mortgage or whatever it is. And I just buy the groceries. Yeah. And he was like, unbelievably chill about saying this. And then people were like, oh, why? And he was like, well, like she's Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> But that's like, obviously like, part of it. He yeah. obviously doesn't, he's not intimidated no. by other women's success. And that's the confidence factor. Yeah. Like these are all things that women find extremely attractive. Now I have to call, call myself out here because according to this article I'm reading, men aren't more visual. I told you. Um, it says a new, this article on mindbodygreen.com says <laughs> a large new meta analysis of dozens of studies on that theory just called BS. The paper published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences Journal analyzed 61 past scientific studies that in total collected data on nearly 2,000 adults of different sexual orientations and showed that men, showed men and women a series of erotic images and videos while their brains were hooked up to an MRI machine and they showed basically blah, 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 that the biggest factor that impacted how much of the person's brain got activated was the type of content and um, the least predictive factor was gender and that it actually came out that they were basically the same men and women were basically the same there's oh. no functional dimorphism in response to visual sexual stimuli between men and women this section has taken a real turn so there you have it men and women exactly the same yeah that was a lot of psychobabble but basically apparently it's not that but 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 what what do so the answer is if men are asking again all three of you what women want is confidence soundness humor and in therapy in therapy or working on yourself in some way yeah yeah it doesn't have to be therapy but like self-aware like yeah um, so yeah, I mean, Pete Davidson, I hope you continue to be successful. No woman you've ended a relationship with seems to be particularly harmed by that relationship. No. Most of them seem to have a good time the, while it's going. This is the thing, like the amount of women he has sex with and the amount of women or the amount of people anyone has sex with really doesn't bother me. Oh, you me know, neither. like, who cares? Uh, it's really not an issue. It's more, it's, more it's, practice. It's, it's more the respect that you show the people that you're yeah. having sex with. And like, if Pete Davidson has sex with every woman in New York and they're happy and consented and they have respect for him and he has respect for them and that's fine sorry i have just seen that joanne mcnally has added three new dublin dates to the prosecco express store in vicar street in june 2023 how is there anyone in the country who hasn't already been i haven't been i also haven't seen westlife now so good for I you think. joanne get your bag like i'm absolutely delighted for it but i actually just cannot believe that there's anyone people must be going like, three and four times i think they are because a couple of my friends have been twice yeah um i'll go this time if joanne's listening joanne i'll come, I'll come. <laughs> love you joanne yeah like absolutely love you delighted for your success 
I mean, truly, you are a phenomenon. Anyway. Do you think Joanne listens to this? Um, she does sometimes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, she does sometimes. So, yeah. Hi. Um, okay, now, our final thing to talk about on this bumper episode of Aoife and Louise Chat About Stuff is um, the death of the Queen and then subsequently the release of the Harry and Meghan documentary series. So, let's start with the death of the Queen. It happened on September 8th. It was wild. We had never seen a, like... No. the head of the monarchy die obviously in our lifetime the and only, it's crazy the only thing it was close to was princess diana but it was it was completely different like i my cousin actually sent me a tiktok the other day of like just footage of when princess diana died people lost their oh, yeah. minds like people were like but openly saw but i can kind of understand that more than this like yeah. this is a woman who died at 96 years old mm. she lived a very full life and she died of old age according to her that was what was on her death certificate mm-hmm. diana had a troubled life she was really hard done by mom. in many ways she had young children and she died because she was being chased in, chased by paparazzi yeah. in a tragic accident like i can understand that yes so can i my mom was very upset when diana died but anyway i um, think everyone's mom was upset yeah. when diana died um lorraine's still not over to be fair um <laughs> so, <Poor Lorraine. laughs> so yeah the queen died we don't really have anything really because we we have a head of state obviously and michael d or the president of the day but not really something that we connect our identity with no thank god uh and yeah i know i find it quite odd um no, I would say there was like an insane outpouring of grief, but I don't think there was like a collective sadness. That's the way I no. would put it. Like people themselves in themselves were not that put out. Yeah. But there was a kind of collective demonstration. Yes. Of grief. That's what I found wild was yeah. the the system around. Like I remember the day that it happened or maybe it was the day after I was on Twitter and they were saying, oh, yeah, like for the next 11 days, the TV stations are not going to show mm. regular TV. They were like, Bake Off's not going to be on. Remember? And I was like, what? And everybody's like, yeah, this is standard practice. And I was like, standard practice. Yeah. We haven't had a king or a queen die for the queen's second, dad. Yeah, yeah. Decades. Like, and remember Center Park's like locked their guests. Yes. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> There was so much crazy stuff, like things that weren't published and things that didn't go on. Now, in the end, we didn't have 11 years of, or 11 days, excuse me, it would have felt like 11 years. We didn't have 11 days of queen-only content on the TV. They obviously realized Realized that that in 2022, that's not where we are. Mm. But it still was enormous. They they closed, like, they flew the flag half-mast to Shrek Adventureland. Um, (laughs) Legoland closed. Centre Park's locked their guests. You weren't allowed to leave your cabin on the day of the Queen's funeral in Centre Park's. They were locked inside. (laughs) It was truly insane. Uh, Paris Hilton famously called the Queen the original girl boss. (laughs) Is she wrong? I mean, is she? Uh, Kanye West said that he would lay down all beefs. Uh, on the day that Queen died. Um, and it was, it, but it started a longer conversation about the need or the want for the royal family and the monarchy in general. And I think what became very clear in the weeks after the Queen died and then Prince Charles, now King Charles took over, was that he was kind of short and shitty with people. A couple of times he's been caught being like kind of... Yeah. Um, short with staff and being kind of like snappy with people and I was actually watching a TV program where the it was actually the British journalist said doesn't that show you how patient the Queen was yeah the, the Queen was never ever caught being rude or snappy yeah. or anything and within the first couple of weeks of Charles being the King 
he had already been caught a few times. Remember the thing about the pen? Yeah. And he was really rude to his staff and that was all caught. And they said, yeah, it just shows you how much service that the queen actually gave. Yeah. Because she was never caught doing anything out of the ordinary or anything yeah. that was disallowed. But also I would say maybe that's because as we know now, there is a agreement in place with the British press yeah. and the royal family that certain unpopular things do not get published because they will offer them a different story. Yeah. Not so to that's obviously it. what we've learned from the Harry and Meghan documentary is that like, it, I think that was one of the most interesting things that we got from it was that each member of the royal family has their own kind of department of communications office, yeah. and they all work in theory together, but they don't because what happens is if you're, it's King Charles now, I keep mm -hmm. forgetting. If you're King Charles's person and there's a dodgy story about King Charles, you'll go, hey, don't publish that, but I'll give you this story about Harry or I'll give you this story about William. And mm -hmm. so they're all working against each other mm -hmm. in cahoots with the British press. And I have to say, nothing demonstrated it more perfectly, I don't think, than... Jamie uh, Clarkson. Uh, Piers Morgan. Oh, Piers Morgan. Being at lunch with Camilla. <gasps> yes. Last what, week. What's her title now? I don't care. She's the Queen's matter. Consort. No offense, The King's Camilla, Consort. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when she, she had a Christmas lunch just last week and there he was there has been no one who's been more public about how much he hates Meghan Markle as Pierce Morgan he has gone out of his way to vilify this woman he actually lost his job he walked off set Good Morning Britain because he's such a thin skin he's pathetic like walked off um set because he was taken to task by uh, a black uh member of staff who said you know all you do is slag her off yeah and then he was uh, invited to lunch with uh, Kamala Parker Bowles around two weeks before it's the documentary crazy. aired. No, after the first, after the first, oh, was it after yeah. the first one. I mean, it's crazy. So, like, we're in Harry and Meghan territory now. So, obviously, you've probably seen it. If you're going to watch it, you've probably watched it already. Six parts. First three episodes are basically about Harry and Meghan falling in love. I personally locked it up like a little dog. Some people found them mm -hmm. a bit boring. Then the second three is where you get the juicy stuff. And it's a bit thin on the grain. But what we learned is that that whole system of like feeding the press stories and having a nice little sweet deal going with them. And, and what we learned was that Harry and Will had always had an agreement that they weren't going to get involved in that, that they that their people would always work together and they wouldn't mm. go against each other, but that that changed. Yeah. And we learned that... Um, you know, they were not supported. Megan was not supported by the family. It was seen as a rite of passage. Yeah. If you are being trolled, if you're being attacked, if you're being followed by the press, it's a rite of passage. And why should we help you? Because it happened to my wife as well. Yeah. But what wasn't acknowledged was that it was significantly worse for Megan and that it was racism as yeah. well, which none of the others had ever and experienced. It was, what I thought was most interesting was that when it started, Megan's ma who is, you know, Megan often said, that, you know, she passes as white, whereas her ma is very obviously mm -hmm. black. And her ma said to her, Megan, this is a white race. And she said, I don't want to hear that. Like at the start, Megan didn't want to acknowledge yeah. that it could be a white race. Um, because, I don't know, she just doesn't want to think that it could be that bad. Um, but it I, was from the very beginning, or, yeah. or 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 about class, straight out of Compton. Even if, yeah, exactly. They they were like straight out of Compton. Like she's, and she's not from like, Compton. I'm not from Compton, but even if I was, like that's you know to, mm -hmm. to suggest that that would be a bad thing is wild. Mm -hmm. I think at one stage they refer to her as ghetto. Like you yeah. know, all of these are racially charged mm -hmm. suggestions and terms. Yeah, and you know how horrible. Like she basically says in it, she's she lived basically with white privilege for her yeah. entire life because she was white passing, mm -hmm. and then she was confronted with this racism. And her mom says like I probably didn't prepare her enough because. No. 
you know, she didn't want her to have to confront that. Um, but then the reality is she did. I have found the response to the documentary really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I... So I tend to take things at face value and like believe people when they tell me who they are for the yeah. most part. Every once in a while, a little siren goes off in my head and I say, eh, eh, eh. Mostly when I have a date. <laughs> I'm always right. Am I ever wrong? Am I ever wrong? Have I been wrong yet? No. No, exactly. Um, anywho, hi, Aoife's future dates, all three of you. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, I watched it and I believe them. Like, and I think, you know, they're slightly annoying at times, but like they're oh, very yeah. clearly in love and I believe them. Like I don't so do think, I. but there is a whole class of people out there who genuinely are like, she's an actress. This is all pretend. I find this obsession with her being an actress. It's so weird. Straight out of the 1940s. Yeah. It's like as if like actress is like, oh, she say anything yeah. Ooh, like she said in an interview once she can cry on demand and it's like, like yeah she's an actress I also can cry on demand yeah, too, because babe. I'm a spoiled brat like <laughs> <laughs> this is something I worked out to do when I was very young um yeah I find the reaction to it very odd and it's the same as like we were talking about Jeremy Clarkson last week and I said you know the notion of like lying in bed and thinking about someone that you hate is just not something I relate to and the hatred that you see from people, completely normal people, not the Jeremy yeah, Clarkson's. No, were, normal, like, reasonable. A woman in a shop, people. like I talked to a woman in Leinster House who like work in the canteen or they a staffer for a politician. And they're like, oh my God, no, I think she's totally full of shit. Like she would just say anything. And, and also like, the suggestion that like she had a plan for years before she ever met him. She yeah. was planning on marrying him and also, stealing him away. Like I think Harry's nice, but she could do so much better. Also, he doesn't have any money. Like she has way more money than that him. That was that was the thing that came through for me the most is like she definitely really loves him yeah because why else would you take all the shit she's had to take as a result of being with she's him she's not even an actress anymore she gave up yeah. her job like he says in it you know before he met her he was like how the fuck am I gonna get someone who's gonna be willing to tolerate all of this mm. and like someone who's sound because he said he broke up with that girl he didn't say her name but it showed you you know the photograph of the girl Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. that he used to go out with and yeah. he said my girl, my previous girlfriends, we've broken up because they can't handle it. And he was like, and that's completely fair because no yeah. one can handle it. So like she, she sacrificed her career. She moved to another country. She put up with all of that bullshit. She was obviously mistreated by his family. Like they don't really go into detail about that. But like the Oprah thing gave a lot of that. Yeah, you know, asking like, what color the baby was going yeah. to be and stuff, and like just not being supported. And there were even things like which I thought were interesting things like you know when they decided that they didn't want to do the the photograph when she on had the, the steps baby. of the Lido wing or whatever it's called which I'll never I'll never forget one of my friends being like like at that stage that that recently after birth there is blood gushing out of your like body like you're in a nappy. gushing yeah fully like you know and like when I saw the photo of Kate doing it like when Diana they showed you like Diana's and they showed you Kate's and I remember when I seen Diana's she had like I don't know if it was blush because it was the 80s right but she had so much blush on yeah and it was clearly like she must have been so pale yeah and so exhausted that they were just r- like yeah. throwing the blush on her yeah and she looked so scared and thin yeah. and then when Kate's Kate looked glorious yes. right and there's, there's one thing about Kate my god that woman's blow dries unbelievable oh, stunning and she was like in this wee Michael Kors summer dress and she still had like a wee bump because she had given birth like three hours, five hours yeah. before or something and she looked tired 
but beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, haven't seen my friends after they had babies, like two days after they've had yeah. a baby. They look like shit. And of course they look like shit. You're yeah. supposed to look yeah, like well, shit. Yeah, this is the thing. Is that like, I mean, I remember at that time with Kate also being like, this is bad practice. Like, yeah. you should not be doing this to these people. Because not only is it not fair to them as individuals, but it's also not fair to all the other all women woman. who look at it and go, oh, I don't look like that. Like, yeah. I'm in bits. And it's been three weeks, six weeks, six months. Mm. So like, it's bad practice. But anyway, Harry and Meghan decided that they weren't going to do that because Harry, because Meghan... They were at a different hospital. Yeah, they were at a different hospital. And and the who, powers that be were like, oh no, we can't do it at the hospital. We can't do it here. We can't do it there, blah, blah, blah. So they, so they suggested, Harry and Meghan suggested that they would do it the like palace. the next day at the palace or whatever. And according to them, no one ever said that's a problem. But then behind the scenes, it was like this huge problem. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there was a lot of that. A lot of the, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then they didn't yeah. know that, you know, behind the scenes, everyone was pissed off. Yeah, it just and there was also this, a lot of brief and against them that was like um, Megan broke uh, this royal protocol and that royal protocol and Megan broke this royal protocol and that bro- and she said herself she was like you know that scene in the princess diaries where Julie Andrews sits down Anne Hathaway and says yeah. this is how you be a princess she's yeah. like that does not happen also Harry is not a woman so Harry doesn't know the protocols for like female clothes, clothes yeah. and no one told Megan anything I thought it was interesting as well that she said that like and it's true like the whole time she was she remember it was a big deal that she wore white a lot Mm. she wore like white and neutral colors all the time time. and then in her final week before they finished up she wore color because she said she was so afraid of clashing with everyone it just really seems like she genuinely was doing her best Mm -hmm. to try and like fall in Mm -hmm. and do the right thing and it just didn't work and I think I don't understand how you can come away from that. You can might come away from it and be like, God, she's a bit much or she's a bit annoying or whatever. Like that's legit. But to come away from it and be like, Oh, she she's an actress. She had <laughs> a plan. Thing. She planned all this. It's like, what are you talking about? I know. Like most actresses I know are like absolutely scanty and like Andrew on a smock alley. This notice of this notion of like this glamorous plotting vindictive woman it is like something from the 1930s or something isn't it and like i personally think in summation i don't think the royal family will recover from this no i don't think so either and i think hell rub it up them they've treated those three people so badly their own child like harry yeah. Who, who I would also say was always the favorite. Yeah. People always related to Harry yeah. more than they did to William. Yeah. And it's because Harry does seem more like a normal person yeah. than William. And also in fairness to Harry, like when he's made mistakes. Yeah, he talked about the them. Nazi yeah. thing. He talked about, remember he dressed up as a Nazi at school yeah. or college or whatever. And he then he did two tours in Iraq. I'll keep my opinions about that to myself. But it was seen by the British public as, you know, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He was in Afghanistan. He was a squatty like everyone else. And he, he li- about, And he said he, he liked, liked it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. he got to be like everybody else. That's yeah. all he ever wanted. Yeah. I, I know him so well now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure that there's loads of what we've said there that you completely disagree with. So please do send me a voice note. Don't forget we have the phone now. 089-209-6423. That's 089-209-6423. Send me in your thoughts. I will respond um, to them on the pod. Have you got any abuse yet? Not yet. So far, so good. But let me tell you, I am terrified every time I open that bloody, yeah, like, I'm really terrified. But um, they they are coming in, and I know that I haven't aired them all, but I think I'm going to do something extra with them, which I'll be telling you about maybe next oh, week. Oh, cute. So, Aoife, thank you so much. It was really fun to have a bit longer to chat yes. through these things with you. And um, I hope everyone else, I hope you've had a lovely Christmas, and um, I hope you have a lovely New Year's, even if you're doing absolutely nothing. Take care of yourselves, and I will talk to you next Friday.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.